Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 395. It's WWE Survivor Series 2021, but I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Jaxie. How are you doing? Woohoo! I am back again, ready for another WWE pay-per-view. Thank you for having me back again. Hi, everyone. Well, it just shows your WNR loyalty to uh, show up for the WWE <laughs> show, so it is much appreciated. Uh, and like I said, it's Boy great girl. to have you back on again as well, you know? Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's brilliant. And let me say, this month's story is going to be about the prize fighter, the king, and the tribe. And we're going to get to it right now, because we're going to look at SmackDown and Raw leading up to Survivor Series, start with October. Of course, Roman Reigns kicking off SmackDown calling to question Heyman's allegiances and refusing to leave until Brock Lesnar met him there so he could whoop him for the second night in a row. Lesnar did come out and basically caused such a scene. It was unbelievable. Obliterating the Usos, manhandling everybody with crew members and stars, all taking <laughs> out Roman as well. And then we, after, I mean, this went on for a very long time. Then we see Adam Pearce indefinitely suspending Lesnar for endangering the well-being of the WWE crew, which, of course, Brock responded with an F5. And we're just hearing now, coming off the viruses, that looks like the suspension may be coming up sooner or later. What do you think of this to write Brock off TV for a little while? I mean, I kind of expected it. Uh, we all know that Brock doesn't go full-time when it comes to WWE. Um, and I also kind of like was wondering to myself, are they going to start this feud with Roman now um, because I doubt that they would want a feud like this between Roman and Brock to kind of uh, be th- this later half of the year um, when they probably could do so much with it either at Royal Rumble or even leading on to WrestleMania so it didn't come as a shock to me with what came as a result um, of it however um, the best part was when Brock Lesnar just stared down Cesaro I, I, I've never been too, so excited to want to see two men wrestle. But now, what at least at one point in my lifetime, please, can someone give me Brock Lesnar versus Cesaro? I will happily pay money for that. I think we had that. That was a match I would watch. And two of my favourites faced off as McIntyre destroyed Sami Zayn, who accepted an open mm. challenge. But then again, Sami deserves it for changing his entry. That is one of the most oh, catches so themes. Uh, why would you yeah. do that? I don't know, but I really hope he goes back to it because I, I genuinely missed his music when it when he was coming out and I could hear it. I was like, what is this? Where is Sammy's music? I'm not into it. I disapprove. Down. Exactly. They fucked the up. Word, in the words of Simon Miller, I'm giving it a down. <laughs> well, the thing is, they've ruined Nakamura's entrance. They've, they've ruined Sammy Zayn's entrance now. Bobby Roos is like any... Good thing, you know. Uh, anyway, I mean, they s- kind of ruined <laughs> Becky Lynch's as well with that god awful graphic of her. <laughs> well, we see Woods receiving his cloak and scepter, finally his crown. He said his reign would be fair enough for the fans, in which get the opportunity to hear the King's gospel. And Kingston led the fans in chance, and Woods prayed with his new outfit. Kingston flapped his cloak for him as fans cheered on the conquering baby face. Uh, it was good to see Woods get his moment in the sun and finally crowd the King, because it meant so much to him. Definitely, and um, as well just having Kofi be the one to do it, there's something sentimental about it, especially because you know um, a few years ago when it was Kofi who won the title, 
Xavier Woods and Biggie were just bigging that up so much. So it's so nice to see see all of them be each other's hype men. Yeah, I think about that we see Mansell beat Ali again. Uh, after the match, we see introductions to new faces like Rich Holland, Alaya, Humberto Carrillo, Angle Garza, and Sheamus. Did we see Hit Row make its SmackDown debut? <laughs> uh, promos from Swerve Scott. Adonis Beefab top dollar. And from there, they squashed uh, Dustin Law and Daniel Williams. Um, as we've talked about on, on the live shows and previous as well, Monty, myself, every time we seem to have a pod, there seems to be mass. For- what were your thoughts on Hit Road? Because obviously with NXT Update, I was a huge yeah. fan and I was so shocked Definitely. Uh, when they got released. Yeah, I mean, I think the shock, the shock initially came from seeing Beefab released like not even a week before. So I was kind of shocked then because, you know, out of everyone, they got rid of just the female in the group, which I thought was really strange. Um, But then, you know, hearing a week later that the rest of Hit Row have also now been um, let go, I just thought that was a real bitch move. And the reason why I say that is because I know that they were only called up for one reason and one reason only. So that they all automatically have that ninety-day non-compete clause, clause, um, and it sucks. It absolutely sucks for them. Um, I just know that they have got so much talent that I'm hoping the whole faction will be picked up by AEW. And now I say by AEW, and that is predominantly because I am watching that show. I would like to still see them, but I also can just imagine the type of matches we could get between B-Fab and Jade or B-Fab and Nyla Rose. Um, and that's just, you know, focusing on her. Um, the type of matches that uh, the three uh, members of Hit Row, um, uh, Swerve Scott, Adonis, and um, forgotten his other name, the other one's name, all three of them could have such great matches. And considering we've got so many triples or trios tag- tags in AEW, I feel like AEW will be the perfect company for them to go to. Um, it just sucks with this whole 90-day non-compete course. Yeah, I think we had that top dollar, or as he'd probably be called big money top or something dollar, like this. Um, but the, like I said, with Swerve, there is something about him that I've seen where I can't keep my eyes off him when he makes his entrance. He's just a star. And there's a fantastic yeah. documentary about uh, called The Wrestlers a few years ago where they see Swerve wrestling like death matches and stuff like this. And he's saying he's learning oh, wow. different styles and going around so he can do submission, he can do high flying, he can do these certain things. And He's just got a lot of swagger to him, doesn't he? He's just... um, like natural swagger. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of commands your attention when he's coming out. Um, I just really am gutted because, do you know what? Even seeing him against the likes of Matt Seidel could be really, really great. Um, Or even Darby Allen, even against CM Punk, you know? Uh, I think he's got so much talent. I doubt that he'll stay, um, you know, off of the wrestling scene for long. Yeah, like I said, without that, and it is a shame. And then to close out the show, we had the weird title uh, belt exchange between Becky Lynch and Charlotte, where Charlotte uh, dropped the women's title, and of course, Deville and uh, Becky Lynch apparently wanted to fight her afterwards as well. Did you? Is this a real story? Because obviously, with the build-ups of Vice as well, when the commentators yeah. mentioning it, I start thinking to myself, yeah. are they working? Like, it w- yeah. you know, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think when it first initially happened, I thought like this was sort of like a real thing. Um, but I think as the weeks have gone on, 
I've just kind of slowly but surely just kind of leaned more towards thinking that this is main, maybe just a work. Um, it, it was very awkward and uncomfortable. So I think that that whole exchange wasn't actually meant to take place. And I think a, a genuine argument happened. But I think that they hashed things out really quickly. And I think they just like decided to capitalise on the fact that most people like noticed that this was like an uh, uh, ongoing issue. And they just maybe just kind of turned it into a work. It's a work shoot type thing, which is the, probably the most yeah. confusing thing as a wrestling fan. <laughs> right? yeah. I always remember like Brett and Shaw. It's a work shoot. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what, what is going on here right now? Are they besties or are they not? <laughs> yeah, it's basically it's a real situation that they turn uh, full of storylines as well. Uh, we'll move on to Raw on October 25th and Sonya Deville revealed that there would be a ladder match in the main event between Rollins, Mysterio Owens and Balor for the number one contendership. We see Ziggler and Rude defeating the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. They get shot at the titles later. Zelina Vega kicks off her reign as Queen of the Ring by vowing to be Queen that is beautiful, generous and feared. She called on everyone to hail her, uh, but do drop disappeared. Uh, but Zelina managed to grab a steps and blast do drop to beat her in a match. Um, it's nice to see new faces in the women's division, actually. And then Lynch and Bianca faced off. Blair just getting better. This was a main event level segment. Priest defeated T-Bar via disqualification. Um, Carmella beat Morgan. I mean, they're doing this on SmackDown Raw, I suppose. And then Keith Bearcat Lee made his debut Monday night against Cedric Alexander. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean... Like I said, Keith Lee, dropping a ball with Keith Lee, how do you do that? Oh, God. I think Keith Lee is probably the one superstar. Actually, no, one of, let me re- rephrase that, one of the superstars that has probably left me most devastated. First of all, you you end such an epic run with him in NXT to call him up early, just to do nothing with him, to then give him a nickname of Bearcat, which doesn't even make sense. I know we've talked about that before, but it still doesn't make sense. And I don't like it. Just to then all of a sudden, like, let him go. I just, oh, I'm so gutted. I I honestly really, really hope to see him in a wrestling capacity soon. And I don't care what promotion it is, but I will watch it once he's actually signed somewhere. So I really hope that he's, this is just a temporary thing for him and that he'll be back on TV at some point. I just think it's crazy. Anybody that kind of just watched WWE with their pay-per-views would have seen like, you know, takeovers with Keith Lee debuting beating Randy Orton and then just nothing. It's not Karrion Cross and Keith Lee's fault that the booking is yeah. terrible and they can't come up with, they don't mm. even have to come up with characters just but use look at how Look at how bad they ruined Carrying across just before then letting him go as well. They yeah. absolutely ruined him. Like Keith Lee and Carrying Cross are two of the best prime examples of how much WWE just fucked it up <laughs> royally. And because they didn't know what, how to unfuck this up, they decided, yeah, let's just let them go. Well, the thing Honestly, is, I've never wanted to show you fucked up so badly <laughs> before in in front of like Vince McMahon's face. It, it... It is the equivalent of releasing Isaac Yankum and the ring mask. They're not working out. You know, the guys that became the legends still rely on today. And it's crazy to think that 
a little bit of repackaging. You know, it's just WWE. You run out of excuses because you don't want to be kind of ultimate one level of hatred. But after all, it is kind of you know, if 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 you give your mate a car and he keeps, you know, he crashes a car and he keeps crashing, you got you you shouldn't be driving a car or I shouldn't be giving it to you. And I just feel I've got this weird relationship with WWE of like. Oh, I, I need to watch it, but I really dislike it. We're going to see that as we get to Survivor Series as well. Oh my gosh, let's go. <laughs> well, we're going to have to get through Raw and SmackDown because Fury uh, beat I didn't mind it. Let's see how they drop the ball with him. Uh, RK Bro defeated Rude and Ziggler. Um, I mean, RK Bro are consistently good on Raw. I cannot believe I'm saying it, but they are entertaining, you've got to admit. Yeah, I mean, they are entertaining. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I never fought my hatred, our hatred for Matt Riddle. And then the main event, Seth yeah. Rollins uh, survived the chaos, physicality and brutality of the Fatal 4-Way to earn a shot at Big E's WWE Championship. For me, though, this is kind of booking it easy. Just make it a ladder match. We had a ladder match on NXT the same week. And look at the punishment these superstars are taking. I've mentioned AEW, you know, put them in a ladder match and people like Kevin Owens are going to put their body on the line. And this is like mm-hmm. Owens, uh, you know, Ambrose was before the end. You know, the, the similarities mm. between the two is really scary. It was great, but unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we move on to SmackDown, the 29th, and of course a boring Charlotte Flair promo, and then Shotzi challenger, and of course Charlotte beat Shotzi, and then a frustrated Shotzi attacked Banks to turn heel, because of course Shotzi was actually getting a babyface reaction, so that's what you want to do, turn them heel, you see. Um, anyway, we see Adam Pearce, uh, indefinite suspension, finding Brock Lesnar one million Um and then the probably the only gold that we get on SmackDown every now and again. Kayla Braxton caught up with Paul Heyman to ask how Brock might respond. To which Heyman got animated before realising that Braxton got one over on uh, Paul. They need to be a sitcom, didn't they? they? They need to do something together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's pure entertainment there. I think that is probably one of the things that does work for WWE. It's <laughs> not, not, but we're going to try and... Yeah. Pick, it's like the opposite of an AEW a show. Rather than picking up the negatives, we're going to try and find some positive. Yeah, basically. Look, we're, we're, we've got the positivity hat here. It's just knowing when the right time to put it on. It. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Well, one of my favourites, Drew McIntyre, uh, was in action, which is a positive, of course. Uh, and he destroyed <laughs> Mustafa Ali. And then Ali... Uh, oh, basically accusing fans of rooting against him because of his name. Um, Ali has said W hasn't let him do a few things, but I think with this day and age, I don't know if this is the kind of right way to go with Mustafa Ali, because he's just so fucking talented as well, you know? He is. He's, again, another wasted treasure. Um, a lot, he, he kind of sits alongside Cesaro for me in terms of if you actually just let him loose, then I guarantee you he'd probably have people like stood out of their seats. You know, um, and I just think that he um, had the potential to go far and get pushed real quick. Um, and I, I hate it when when the officials do that, where they like cancel cancel a push, and then they'll just you know yep. make try to make you forget <laughs> about that wrestler. It's actually really disappointing to the wrestler because you know that they've got the talent there, but you're just not able to see it all because 
they're limited. Well, it just it is annoying, but we see new Xavier Woods uh, declaring Kingston worthy of the Hand of the King and become a sir for the Usos erupt and set up the main event. We get a holiday-themed trick or street fight. If I see another trick or fucking street fight, it'll be too oh soon. Honestly, that's the only problem with watching nine wrestling promoters. You get nine trick or fucking street fights. And you kind of yeah, think, yeah. there's only so much you could do with a pumpkin. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, like I just literally wish they would stop calling it a street fight. When you're not even in the street, back in the Attitude Era, if you go back and watch street fights, they are out in the freaking street having a fight. Like, that's fine if you can't do that nowadays. Like, you know, there's loads of different rules and regulations nowadays. But don't call it a street fight then. Just call it a fool's count anywhere fight or anything like that. Well, it's horrible. We just had one in NXT as well. And Nakamura, Nakamura being pinned is, is just... It's a dark day, even not as dark yeah. as Mandy Rose being NXT Women's Champion, but we are getting to that, that level if we're not careful. Uh, the latest chapter, uh, Naomi and Sonia Deville uh, was written as well, as she booked herself a special referee for a match against Baszler. Uh, the, the, the course of numbers of artists proves too much, and Deville skewed a fast count that cost and Basler choked Naomi out with the clutch to stand tall. Um, they're still going with this. Are you still feeling the same as you have done? Or are you kind of thinking Naomi's um, going to get a big moment? I think I, th- I think this is leading to a big moment. I think there's definitely way too much um, like uh, being put on this whole sort of like bullying aspect. I'm calling it bullying because if I don't know how, what else to, to call it really. Like, you know, they're picking on her. Um, Sonia mostly um, th- I think the thing that I just find gutting about this I think we've discussed this before is um, even if this is all just to kind of build up Naomi which I hope it is um, which would be good for her at the same time I just think they're really booking Shayna in such a bad way Shayna should should be a beast Shayna should be probably the one that Naomi is going to work up to winning the title off of because Shayna's running through everyone and, you know, like Naomi would have like this redemption and then could go and take the title off her. But I'm getting definitely a lot more disappointed. We'll discuss Shayna more um, once we get into the Survivor Series uh, discussion. But um, I just think she's being booked all wrong. Um, and it's really disappointing to see. Uh, I think that she's got a lot of talent, but I also think that she's been booked so weak lately. Um, that just seeing her kind of as Sonia's little lackey does nothing for me. I would have to agree with you there. The main event, the New Day beat the Usos, and these two teams are incapable of a bad match. There was no Reigns all show as well. Uh, Move on to Raw, 1st November. Um, We started off with what was basically the main event, with Becky Lynch putting the women's title on the line against Belair. we see Lynch manage to rip the padding off the top turnbuckle, send Belair's head into it. Shoulder challenge up with a handful of tights for the win. Uh, this match, though, was pay-per-view worthy. And uh, Bianca Belair's made one of the few wrestlers every time I see her. Maybe a bit like Dante Martin, I was Just getting better week in, week out. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, there. There's just kind of like, like you said, it, it felt like a pay-per-view event type match, really. Uh definitely had like the audience kind of 
all getting excited. You could hear how loud they were, and it, it just kind of feeds off of you um, from the TV. I think we had that really, really good stuff to start the show. Unfortunately, we still had the other two and a half hours, but uh, we see uh, Theory versus Mysterio. Um, referee disqualified Ray after Dom slapped Theory in the face. Um, I mean, Austin looks all right. This is not going to help. We had Rollins, Biggie, Owens, Confab, and Owens versus Biggie was set for the main event. Carmel. Uh, Zelina faced off with Ray Ripley and Nikki Ash in single action. Zelina got the win with a code red. And of course, with any team, with only one team, this makes sense as well to kind of book the women's division that they had. Uh, Balor beat Gable in, do you know what? An excellently executed match. A finish came on Gable on top. He hit a superplex of Balor, turned it into a cradle. Always good to see. The Dirty Dogs. Um, versus the Street Profits next. We see Finn right over the ring post to take out both men. I'm starting to believe he can actually fly because the height he gets each time is just incredible. Definitely. I mean, he's definitely up there with, like, uh, who did we say from AEW? Dante, mm. with, like, the height um, that he can get to in the air. It's just actually ridiculous. I'd love to see, you know, both of them sort of perform it alongside one another to, so that I could really tell which one actually goes higher. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure which. Uh, we almost uh, started to come to the ring and the traction allows Ziggler to steal the win. We get pretty much the same from last week. Almost over there, actually. And Damien Priest versus T-Bar. No DQ. The new Damien Priest who gets really, really angry. Uh, to be fair, in this match, T-Bar went through a table and it broke into like a thousand pieces. It's not often you see a table just like smashed to smithereens. Priest Do you got know what the... I miss? I, I, I miss hearing him be called um, Dominic Sajakovic. I actually miss that. <laughs> I feel like he should get rid of this T-Bar name now. He's not with the group anymore. So why are you keeping the name? Well, because Vince is in the back and go, what's the guy's name? And you say Dominic Dijovic, and he's like, let's keep it T-Bar. That, that's nice and simple. <laughs> so we can understand. Yeah. I bet you Vince actually came up with it. Yeah, well, uh, the kendo sticks left a mark. He said T-Bar looked great. And obviously we've seen in matches with Keith Lee and NXT as well. He is a different mm. class. And the main event, Biggie versus Owens. Uh, Rollins hit Biggie with cheap shot while the ref had his back turned. Owens made the cover, but Biggie reversed into crucifix for the win. Biggie accused Owens of being in cahoots with Rollins, which is one of my favourite words. Okay, I grabbed the mic and refuted. He said it was all Rollins' fault, and he challenged him to a match next week. And Biggie uh, didn't accept the apology. Actually, hit a big ending to finish it. Um, well, if Owens is going out, at least he can go out with a bang and a heel turn. I mean, that's the best way to go for him, surely. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you there. All right, right now. And then 5th of November, Roman started a show called Recapping the Week and picking out Jimmy Uso actually at the pin in that match. And Uso vowed to make the New Day acknowledge him in Tribal Chief. If Woods wins, the bloodline must genuflict to the King of the Ring. Uh, Reigns accepted the challenge on behalf of his cousin. So this is what SmackDown is now. It's it's any time mm-hmm. like releases or something bad happens, you stick Roman Reigns out for a half hour uh, promo with something to do with you. So don't get me wrong, it's entertaining. But after a while, if he's got no one to face, what's the f- 
you know what's the point yeah i think that's one of the one of the sort of downsides of survivor series is that because it's brand versus brand you're never gonna like have a full real feud with any of you know the champions that are currently in reign with with the other champion um so they don't really kind of focus on like who next opponents will be and stuff so i think that there was a lack of person uh for roman to feud with i think they did well with you know kind of getting them to feud with uh the new day but it did feel kind of filler you know Mm. I think without that, I think this is the problem that we're going to see. Uh, we see Naomi versus Baszler next, and we see Baszler fighting okay. out of the uh, Kirifu de Clutch, rolling Baszler up for the victory. Or sorry, fault. Uh, Deville appeared and announced that since Naomi grabbed the rope, it did a break. There's such a pitfall, didn't count. Sure, the match restarted, and Baszler quickly applied the clutch for the win so again continuation of the story it's not too bad it's not too bad but then again yeah like like Shayna just looked weak if she got roll up pinned um and the only reason why she won after that is because the bully Sonia gave her another chance do you see what I mean yeah. this is where it's like I want to actually enjoy this for, for what what I'm hoping that it is leading up to which is like a, a Naomi uh push however you can't help but feel sorry for for who they've kind of put in to kind of keep knocking Naomi down because Shayna is just coming across looking weak as hell Shayna came in from NXT and her first like sort of debut onto Raw she made it very clear right there and then that she takes orders from no one and then you actually put her teamed up with Nia Jax who had just recently taken out two of her best friends. And, like, since then, you've just, like, they've just made her look so weak. And I'm so disappointed because the Queen of Hearts deserves more. Uh, Queen of Spades, sorry, deserves more. Well, we see a great promo by Shotzi, actually, a side we didn't see to her on NXT, uh, saying she's going to run over anyone on her path. She doesn't need a tank to do it. We then see the random team Cesaro man you know, why not? Battling Los Lotharios, Gaza and Carrillo. Of course, the Hills won. I mean, we talked about it a minute ago. Poor Cesaro. Uh, as for Lotharios, I mean, matching outfits, just don't give them masks because we have that with Los Matadores. If you don't want to... um, Drew had an open challenge answered by Ricochet with a slap. Of course, he must be watching NXT UK. Uh, McIntyre caught in midair with a Claymore for the win. I could watch these two guys all day long. I think these are my top two wrestlers probably in the world. Surprisingly, I, I think it just worked so well. I didn't think much coming, going into this match, to be honest, but I cannot believe how much I enjoyed it. I think that Ricochet is highly underrated. And, I mean, we all know how good Drew McIntyre is anyway. Um, but this match, yeah, as you said, it's got to be up there in terms of one of my favourites. And then the main event would... Uh, Jimmy Uso, distracted by Kingston, calls the referee to miss a roll-up for Uso and would score a roll-up of his own for the win. Uh, after the match, Uso tees kneeling for Woods, but Reigns appeared from nowhere and rocked the winner with a Superman punch. The bloodline delivered a 3-1-2 beatdown. That's all the Uso's target, Kingston's knees. The trio stood tall to close out the show. Not a bad main event, I don't think. And then on to Raw, uh, 8th of November, Owens 
apologise to Biggie uh, because it capitalised on interference from Seth Rollins last week and Biggie does not care. Rollins questioned Owens and his character in saying that as long as his name's Kevin Owens, he'll stab you in the back. And then this was all right because throughout the night, Owens was going to people like Jeff, uh, not Jeff, but Rey Mysterio, people like that. And asking if um, you know what respect opinion was, because obviously we've seen Owen's kind of development, and we know he can be a you know. <laughs> but you know what, he plays it so well that I don't want, don't change, <laughs> don't continue being like that. You know, like you know when that saying that you love to hate someone, I I really love to hate Seth's character because he just does it, just does it so well. It is really, really good stuff at this moment in time. Then Ziggler, Rude, Styles and Omos defeated the Street Profit RK Bro. Uh, oh, it was actually quite good. And the little things are quite like, he'd thrown his shirt in the crowd and given the fan who caught it a wink. And, you know, it might not mean much. I always found winking quite reassuring. But that fan will have that moment for the rest of their lives now, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's going to stick with them forever. Yeah, I think it's lovely. Anyway, uh, Zig gets wins. Uh, fans get the RKO. Uh, felt like a survive series team, actually. Uh, more Ray drama and being taken off the team. Or they could stay on if uh, Dom could beat Bobby Lashley. He didn't. Uh, Gable took on Big E next. Again, another really good hard-hitting match. The strength of Gable. Speaking of comparisons, I wouldn't mind see Gable versus, uh, J- versus Johnny Hungy. I think those two guys would have a Ooh, rip that of a would be match. Great. <laughs> yeah, that would be such a great match. I think both their personalities as well. I could see it would just turn into like a competition, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to each one trying to like outdo the other one, whether or not it's like posing contest or if it's a push up contest. I could just see them doing some random stuff in the ring that would just work really well. <laughs> well, Biggie won the match. Uh, Otis went face to face with him, indicating that. Uh, we're going to have that soon. Uh, we get lots of 24-7 nonsense. But Corey Graves did win the title, only for Byron Saxton to get the pin. Uh, obviously, he lost it. But the one good thing is I've moaned about Graves putting Saxton down constantly on commentary, finally getting one up on him, which, I, you know, brought a smile to my face. Sorry? And <laughs> when we had... Liv Morgan versus Ray Ripley versus Belair versus Carmella versus uh, Zelina. Some of the next challenger. Uh, the EST delivered the KOD, but Dewdrop pulled her out. Front of school and turning hill in the process. Uh, Morgan stopped Carmella from winning, delivered a crucifix round up for the victory. Really good stuff. Uh, Liv Morgan as number one contender. Does that work for you? Do you know what? It's different, and I actually was kind of happy to see it was someone other than you know the sort of like I'd say the top four women that are constantly put in the title picture it was just kind of nice and refreshing so I really didn't mind it and I also feel a little frustrated for Liv because you know throughout the past what year and a half she's lost like her two team members and then just has continuously been overlooked as like a female wrestler um, who could be deemed as potential competition so I was very um, like pleased with the outcome and it being someone new. 
Yeah, I think it's always good to see freshness. And speaking of fresh, Austin Theory arrived just before the main event, trying to get a selfie with Big E, only to have the phone smacked away. Uh, fair play to Big E on that one. And the Owens versus Rollins. These two guys had an absolutely great match. Um, and we see both men going to look like they're going to get counted out. Rollins getting in and Owens just... Yeah, banging into Big E, maybe inadvertently or not. And after the match, an emotional, frustrated Owens attacked Big E, kicking him in the face, sent him to the steps. He followed with a power on the apron for agents and officials attempted uh, to get him away. This was really enjoyable. Like I said, the Kevin Owens that we kind of need. But the other thing about Hill, and I always remember Michael Hayes saying, is that you know, Hill's got to believe what they did and what they're kind of, you know, the belief in themselves and to be right. And um, if you look at Owens' story and what's happened to him, you kind of think, yeah, I agree with him. He is right to kind of be, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, anyone in, in, in his position would end up kind of uh, reacting like that. But again, if you actually look back at the history of Kevin Owens and even the history of Kevin Owens with the New Day, this isn't surprising at all to see him sort of like just do the portrayal. So for me, um, it wasn't shock when I saw it happen, but I was definitely like, there's the Kevin Owens we all know, you know? But I think it's because Biggie didn't want to trust him originally that made Owens go, oh, no, let me be who you think I am. And I know it's... Well, yeah, exactly. But like, can you blame Biggie for being like that considering yeah. he has already screwed him over before? I think we can agree it's actually not bad storytelling by WWE, you know, and uh, yeah. a bit of positive. <laughs> See, positive. Uh, November 12th, SmackDown, uh, we see the Survivor Series team, which is Banks, Alaya, Naomi, teaming up to Battleshot. Uh, and Natalia, uh, of course, you know, we see a mass multi-person brawl leading into the match. And it was actually quite good. And Elias scoring the roll-up. Seven years in development, in breaking ground on the W Network, I think released in 2015. You see her wrestling as you know, learning the ropes. And I've been following Elias because uh, her real name is one of the, the my favourite things to say. What's that? Numph. Her, her real name is... <laughs> Yep, M P O O H Numph. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great name. <laughs> I know. I, I I don't know. What would you nickname? How would you nickname her? Well, you just would you be like Numph, <laughs> Numph, come in, Numph. <laughs> <laughs> just works. Well, for me. I mean, I've, I've got to admit to you though. Um, I was a little bit skeptical hearing that Aaliyah was being called up because the one thing I was thinking was, is 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 this too early for her? Are they going to ruin her like they kind of do with every call-up from NXT lately? However, I am holding judgment on this because we haven't seen much yet. So, you know, I'm holding off in these next few months and, and you know, kind of open to seeing what they what they try to do with her. I think without doubt, she's one more SmackDown now. Uh, she's one more on SmackDown than in NXT. So I suppose that, again, is a positive for her. But then Sonya Deville... Uh, feigned excitement and then said she is no longer part of Team SmackDown. Oh, boo. Uh, Paul Heyman told Caleb Braxton that if Roman Reigns cannot make Kingwoods bend the knee, the trouble she promises that he bent him knee himself. If he doesn't, he could be stripped of the Universal title, uh, claiming it's legally binding in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, again, Rick Boogs introducing the Intercontinental Champion Nakamura for a tag team match. 
why maybe you can explain to me are they using nakamura the intercontinental champion in tag team and trying to put rick boogs over it i just don't get it i don't know why he's still with partnered with it don't get me wrong i know that he has excessive uh musical instrument talent but to be honest they they, they've kind of ruined the aspect that that was the greatness of um uh shinsuke's entrance and the reason why i say that they've ruined it with that was because do you remember that epic was it wrestlemania entrance with the violinist that came out and was walking down with Shinsuke Nakamura and you could just hear that violin go and it was just like on a different level. It wasn't an electric guitar. It wasn't, you know, sort of like um, really rock hard and rock heavy. It was actually a masterpiece and you had like this violinist who looked great and was just uh, hitting all of the notes and it just gave you that those goosebumps. And I feel like they've just turned his entrance into a novelty and it's just sad to see. It's it's horrible. I hate it. I hate yeah. how they've treated Nakamura, especially from the Rumble win. The only, yeah, the only thing that actually gets me hype about him now, and I must admit, like, I never saw this coming, but is Pat McAvee. Pat McAvee gets so excited hearing uh, Shinsuke's entrance. I absolutely love his energy when he stood on the actual commentator's desk you know, rocking it out, dancing to it and stuff. That's probably the only thing that actually brings a bit of entertainment to it now because I do feel like the electric guitar just ruins what Nakamura's song is. And that was, ne- and it was never done with an electric guitar originally. It was a violin. So I don't understand why we're continuously, like, having him come out with, with that. It was nice for, for a while, but I don't think that it, it's needed. No, and the Intercontinental Champion lost uh, in a tag match, which, again, is just yeah. terrible. God. Uh, Charlotte Just boring. Stop <laughs> having your champions lose WWE, okay? If they're champions, don't let them get pinned. Charlotte, Charlotte. Like, it was in a tag match. <laughs> he could have had Rick Booth, like, pin. So why was why was the champion pin? I, again, it just makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Charlotte Boring promo. Uh, Tony Storm interrupted, <laughs> mind her. She hasn't uh, yet to defend the women's title. Uh, we see King Woods accepting Reigns' challenge uh, and a lot of other kind of stuff we're going to skip through. Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn squared off with the loser being kicked off the brand. Of course, Sami Zayn did lose. But it's a enjoyable match and it's nice to see Jeff getting a nice crowd reaction for what's hopefully one last, I won't say main event run, but, you know, top level. Yeah, I get you. And um, I thought it was a good match overall as well. Um, you know, it, it, it is surprising, but in a good way, a nice, surprisingly good way that uh, Jeff gets so still gets the same sort of amount of hype that he still does. It's, it's crazy that it's still, there is just something inherently likeable the fans interact with. And it's, it's weird I, I when you like think about it. still kind of like a relatable type of wrestler, even to the 21st century. When you think about uh, the type of uh, kid, I was to say when you think about the booking and the treatment that he's had to still kind of get genuine interaction, yeah, it says a lot about the guy, you know, as opposed to Definitely. if you look at everybody else. And uh, then the main event, Reigns face Kings Woods. 
And we see Reigns collide with a turnbuckle and Woods to launch himself for the springboard elbow drop. But just as the official count of the Usos hit the ring and attacked the King, he rocked him with steel steps, knocking him over the announce table. And Reigns took a knee only for the Usos to place Woods crowned on him. The bloodline stood tall to close out the show. It was a fun main event. But Reigns wearing his show did remind me of the Disney's Robin Hood. Uh, when, when we see <laughs> No way, because now that's all I'm going to see. <laughs> Why are you ruining Roman for me? Don't. <laughs> Is it just that? that I just... Oh, my God. Um... I'm blaming you for this now. That's all I'm going to see. Well, we move on. November 15th, Raw, and Big E called out Owens. He didn't have to wait long. Big E dared him to come down, and Owens said no. He's just going to walk away. Uh, we then see the Usos attack Big E, only for Riddle to run down to help even the odds, leading to a match. Uh, and then Rollins coming and getting involved with Randy Orton, leading to another match, which WWE loved doing at this moment in time. Uh, Rollins pinned Riddle in the end. Belair beat Tamina. Lynch and Morgan faced off. Oh, this is good, but was it needed on this show? The Go Home to Survive series, which will have nothing to do with Lynch versus Liv Morgan. Probably not. Well, as I said, I don't know if it was a talk or question. It was a definitely no. Uh, profits. I, 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 did, I did not watch that. So, um, yeah, I'm just a little bit shocked about it as you were. Uh, profits beat Alpha Academy. Zelina beat Nikki Ash. Ripley beat Carmella. Owens versus Balor was again uh, the, you know. Wait, wait, did you just say that, like, the, the tag champs had singles matches, but then. The two that were supposed to be going against each other, Becky and, and Lit, were in a tag match. No, they didn't even have a match. They just faced off, which again... Oh, they just faced off. ...was not needed. <laughs> but Owens and Balor did face each other. Uh, Owens avoided the coup de grace, hit a massive powerbomb, and then hit the stunner for the win. So good news, Owens won. Bad news, Balor yeah. lost again. <laughs> It's just like that again. I just need to actually do an appreciation shout out to Finn Balor because Finn, every time he's in the uh, ring, just um, amazes people with how uh, with his his high flying moves, with how he can interact with different indiv- uh, individual wrestlers and his work ethic. He he works so hard, and yet, gosh, he's he's kind of going on a losing streak, isn't he? Yep. All the big matches, as we've seen. But hopefully you can turn that round at Survivor Series. Uh, oh, we'll see. Almost the Styles beat Dirty Dogs. Main event, Lashley versus Ray. Uh, and Lashley killed Ray Mysterio. And um, basically said, you're off with yourself to the match. And Austin Fury attacked Dom. So Pierce named him as Ray's replacement. Of course, Um <laughs> And then SmackDown, finally SmackDown, go home show. The Usos kicking off the show. Claimant sent a message loudly and clearly to Big E. Uh, Roman Reigns, of course, got brown nosed by Paul Heyman. Uh, Reigns wanted uh, Woods to come out. Woods interrupted him, saying material things don't make the king. And, of course, Reigns was uh, doing his best impression. And then, of course, he got beaten down as they damaged the cloak, throne, and scepter. Uh, and then, as looks on, Reigns squashed the crown. Poor Xavier didn't even last a oh, month. No, practically not. And then, what? Like Roman is now crowned the king, or or was this just kind of a one-off? Like I said, I it didn't make it. I, I felt it so seems for- like they forgot about it on Survivor Series. 
Yeah, it's just like, look, you're no longer king. Like, it's, it's done now. Or, or you are king, and we'll just move on. We'll find out and smack down what, you know, which way they're going to go. Uh, we see Ricochet versus Zai versus Sheamus versus Mahal. Winner gets into this 5 Series team. This was actually a really good match. Uh, we see Ricochet hitting the 630, splashed in the hall, uh, flattered him with a bro kicks as are interrupted. And then good old Ridge Holland, uh, who Pat McAfee thinks is Irish, uh, distracted <laughs> Ricochet enough for the Sheamus to get the win. And again, Ricochet had the crowd behind him in this. What about if they did something organically and actually decide to push him a little bit? Do we really think that's going to happen? You know what? Okay, okay. My negative hat is coming out here, but only because every time we think, "Oh, this person's going to get a push," it, they then don't or get released, as we're finding out this year. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's crazy to think there's been more wrestlers released this year in WWE than there are employed at Impact Wrestling, which again is just mind-boggling when you think about it. Uh, we see Sonya Deville and, of course, Cackling backstage, she should be. Uh, Alaya teaming up with, or Numph, as we'll call her, teaming up with Naomi. Battle, uh, Baszler and Natalia. Uh, the Queen of Hearts, Pin Italian referee, Asia Smith, executed the fast count, robbing the babyfaces baby of the match. Again, just the same old now, isn't it? It's just doing the same thing week in, week yeah. out. Uh Jeff Hardy mm. beat Moss. Uh, Drew was Jeff's buddy in this. Nakamura defeated Angle. That was quick. Uh, Shotzi versus Banks. This was actually a really good match. The boss with a bank statement with her legs uh, because, of course, her arm was worked on during it. What do you think of this one? Um, I didn't actually get a chance to see it. How dare you? Shotzi and Banks I... was really, really I'm good. Sorry, stuff. I did. I did hear about it. I did hear about it and. But I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, I did watch the highlights of it, and I saw that there was like an altercation after they had to like shake hands or something. Well, after the match, uh, Deville clearly expected the combatants to shake hands, and they did, only for Banks to live in the back and leave Shotzi lying. And she talked to Deville afterwards, so at least someone has got one up on Sonya Deville times. And then King Woods made his way to the ring to call out Roman Reigns. Uh, as uh, they were both waiting there, we see Jimmy thrown out the entranceway, and the same then with Jay. Big E's music played, and he came down to brawl with Reigns, which is, again, a really good exchange. Uh, the head of the table... Yeah, I did. You did say but what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> so I did see that um, that whole part, and um, I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought, you know, the crowd just got lit the minute they could hear uh, Biggie's music, and you kind of could just tell that it was coming when you saw the first Uso get lobbed out. Um, it was quite funny, actually. I was kind of gonna, I was thinking about, like, you know, taking a little a short video of just of the Usos being chucked out one after the other, and I was gonna caption it something like. Oh, this takes me back to, you know, the times when my sister and I would get sent to my father's office when in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me more of uh, it's like Fresh Prince with Jazzy Jeff just getting yeah. thrown out. <laughs> yeah, it was practically my sister and I with my dad whenever <laughs> we were in trouble. Although, you know, he, he maybe didn't go to the extremes that Big E went to. <laughs> no, 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 of course not, no. Uh, but that was Raw and SmackDown, so really not worth it. But, all oh dear listener, you wonder why we go through that. Well, at this moment in time, 
uh, as we are nearly the end of November. The WNR podcast has covered every episode of Raw and SmackDown leading us to this point. Whether we do come December is a different matter entirely. But like I said, with Jaxi uh, on board, of course, part of the team, Monty, we will see a few changes in the new year as well. But one thing that doesn't change and hasn't changed since 1987, no, it's not me, it is Survivor Series. And this year, of course, 2021, and we started November 21st with a kickoff. Of course, Caleb Braxton hosted the kickoff show and was joined by Jerry Lloyd, Booker T, Kevin Patrick and Peter Rosenberg. We see an AEW chant break out at one point. That would be a precursor for the rest of the night. We see uh, Sasha Banks declaring herself captain of Team SmackDown and telling the better team and they will not lose. And she plays all of them apart from Shotzi. Uh, And then we find out that Randy Orton will break the record for most pay-per-view matches in WWE history tonight and being one match shy of having the most matches on Raw. Uh, do you know who he's beaten for the record of most pay-per-view matches? I was actually, I really was about to cut you in and say, who was it before? <laughs> the... oh, wait, let me guess, let me guess, go, let me guess, go. let me guess. Uh, I'm going to go with Ric Flair. No, think, well, again... Uh-uh. It, it, when I first heard it and I thought, oh, is it someone like Undertaker or Triple H? But it's... Well, what it's... Michaels? No, I'll tell you who it is. It's Kane. It's uh, Kane. 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 Is, yeah, Kane is a oh, man. Wow. Can they keep trotting them out for pay-per-view matches every night? Like Rumbles, didn't they now? <laughs> so even Listen, then... That is very true. That is very true. He probably has racked up quite a lot of uh, um, Royal Rumble appearances. Do we know who's the most... Who's the person who's, you know, uh, been like the most uh, shown person in Royal Rumble? That would be interesting. Well, uh, who, or who's been in the Royal Rumble? I mean, Ziggler's been in the yeah. last like 16 or something like that. I think he's got a <laughs> record for like most Rumble matches. But I'll tell you well, something like that. Um, let's definitely look at these stats up for when, for when we get to Royal Rumble season. I think for we the live that. show, okay. yeah, I think we found something there for the Rumble. Uh, we're going to look at stats on the live show. Of course, yeah. we will bring you that as well. But like I said, back to Survivor Series. Footage airing on the Rock's debut is Rocky Maivia, a Survivor Series 25 years earlier. And then 24 and a half years later, getting released due to budget cuts. Uh, no, we don't. But uh, obviously, we get US champion Damian Priest versus Intercontinental champion fucking Nakamura is his right title. Uh, Jimmy Smith, Pat McAfee, Byron Saxton. Of course, Boogs played Nakamura to the uh, ring. The Archer Infantry rocked Nakamura clothesline, followed by Falcon Arrow. And the artist capped the choke down with his knee, but fell to south of heaven. The icy champ kicked out too low and avoided the reckoning by counting with an armbar. Boogs again interrupted the proceedings with a guitar prompting Priest to break the instrument over his knee. He blasted the hype man with the remnants of the instrument, then wiped out Nakamura, drawing a DQ. The US champ stormed off with his anger and frustration, again getting the best of him. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match? And what are your thoughts on what they're doing with Damien Priest? Well, I thought the match was actually really good. I think it started off strong. Then it dipped. Because for me, I was firstly pissed off to actually even see that this was on the pre-show surely this should have been on the survivor series actual pay-per-view in order for their win or or loss to actually count towards the final count um so i was really baffled really just to see what what the hell 
they were doing putting this on the pre-show but the ending pissed me off a bit I didn't feel like there was any need for it and I feel like you know uh, Rick Boogs just did not need to be a distraction as as he was um I get that he's kind of been like that before but then when this is brand versus brand um I really do think that they should be clamping down on the whole distraction or DQs or count out that come with it. So I was quite disappointed by the end of this match because I thought that both men were coming across quite well. Uh, that being said, when it comes to Damian Priest, I'm not sure is the right answer to give you. It's like... like it's hard because if they spent the past year trying to make him a baby face, putting him with the likes of Bad Bunny and everything like that and going against The Miz and Morrison consistently. Um, and I'm not sure that that Rick Boogs playing on his guitar is a good enough reason for him to have turned heel. Um, so I'm just going to have to see what comes out of this. Um, I'm not entirely sure what to make of whether or not this is a good move for Damien Priest or not. What do you think? What are your thoughts on it? It's like, what's the stuff you like about Priest? Well, I like the archery infantry gimmick. I like what he can do, maybe work a little bit more bow and arrow stuff in there. I like his kind of coolness. Like, reminds me of kind of Big Daddy called Diesel with a nice next big guy who's kind of like a baby face actually rooted for. And WWE gone, let's take all of that away and make him a generic angry man. And it's like... You, Basically you, that. It is, and you've tried it with Cross, you've tried it with uh, Keith Lee, you know, the thing is, you, you had a monster like Rusev, and you got rid of him, and if no one else can do what he'd done, we shouldn't have released him then, you know, if you wanted yeah. a monster, don't take away Priest, because Priest, like I said, has done nothing on Raw since Sheamus, pretty much, and you're thinking, yeah. like you said, this on kickoff. You know, this, this has been, no wonder no one gives a shit about the mid-card titles. You can ask someone who's US champion in the Canadian champ, and you'll be there for fucking five or ten minutes going, um, um, who is it? Exactly. Because you ain't exactly. in the champion is in tag team matches. <laughs> US champion's doing fuck all on Raw. I told you I was going to rant, yep. so I apologise. Yeah. But, it, it, but it, is, it is so true. You know, you want to give honest and good feedback um, when you're discussing, you know, uh, wrestling events which is exactly why we, we came together because we love these events but it's entirely frustrating uh, to watch month in month out when they're not showing the right amount of respect towards a belt towards a title that's supposed to actually mean something you know they easily could have had the battle royale on the pre-show and I think that that would have worked way better first of all you there was loads of men in in that battle royale so I think it would have actually done really well putting it on the pre-show and actually hyping up the audience for what is to come. But it also would have made sense considering all they did with it is like just uh, no story, no real like storyline. There was nothing that we, we could take away from the Battle Royale. So why was it on the main event rather than the pre-show? Do you see what I mean? I would have swapped both those matches over because it makes no sense as to why two champions we're on the pre-show when this is a brand versus brand uh, uh, pay-per-view. Like, their, that, their win-loss doesn't count because it was on the pre-show. Well, the, but the, the the thing is, is the whole... Cut, who puts a battle royal in the middle of the fucking card? A, a battle royal? Right? What is, what's that got to do with fucking... I'm going to get onto it in a minute, but what's it got to right? do with Survivor no, Series? Honestly. 
I'm so glad you said this. It has like it's got no meaning to the series. So why the fuck is it mid card in on that pay per view? Why was it not the pre show? I'm sorry, but there was no reason for it being on the main event. I have a go um, at Tony um, Khan. Yeah, Tony Khan, and it's like, oh, the way you um, you know, book the card around, you do certain things like this. But it's like, who the way the main event. The, 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 the Charlotte and Lynch starting the show, the Battle Royal plump there, and I'll get onto that. But anyway, talk about saying, I wish I could be into WWE as much as Pat McAfee is. You know, <laughs> yeah. if I could, but then again, like fan. <laughs> but then again, I wish I was paid. I wish I was getting paid what Pat was getting from WWE. Maybe I would be like, <laughs> you know? yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, and again. Motherfucking green shirt guy ruining wrestling. I'm gonna tell he WWE. There again. He's fucking there. I saw him straight away. Tell oh. WWE officials he cheated on them. Right bang in the middle of my fucking screen. Uh, but anyway, about the match as we're about, talking about the US title in the championship match. Uh, I love Naka more. Watching this makes me uh, makes me really love Naka. Even with the come on and the, everything that he does, it's just a shame. Booze. And they're trying to make yeah. him a bigger star. Um, oh, anyway. I know because because of like Nakamura can get anyone hyped off of doing that. So it's just yeah. So shit finish. What are you going to score out of five? I'm going to give it a three, um, and it really is because of the shit finish. Yeah, I'm going to go three and three quarters because when these two guys, if they just let these two guys wrestle without outside yeah, distraction, exactly like that, yeah, it just it boggles the mind. Uh, Kevin Owens crashed the panel's desk after the match and he said he had some things to get off his chest he said the elimination match was an opportunity for him to redeem himself to show everyone he is the man that he is a limo was shown arriving backstage and Vince McMahon exited the limo cheered by Adam Pearce Sonya Deville and a group of wrestlers Wandin uh, released uh, Vince showed off an egg shaped golden item um Apparently, this is the only group of wrestlers I had left backstage. And then a video package spotlighted the drama, Velvet Bloodline and New Day. Um, kickoff was a massive waste apart from the match. And then we get onto the main show. And it opened with video package that meant a lot of footage from The Rock's Red Notice. Now, I like The Rock, and I probably will watch. But let me fucking don't ram yeah. it down my throat. All right, and say no, man. And the guy, the, the opening voice guy says, "In normal open, no, you're meant to be a normal one. Don't kind of mock what you're doing yourself and saying this is shit. It's a trailer for Red Notice that you're trying to make me think is build up. Long gone the days of good build ups, and this is an advertisement. Yep. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I excused it I... when when we had zombies. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we were sat and I said, no, no, yeah. no, well, this is a kind of one-off type of thing and whatever. I cannot excuse, and especially what happens later as well, I cannot excuse it. But, like, uh, first of all, first of all, can we, can we just talk real talk real quick, yeah? Why would anyone be stood out in a parking lot waiting for their boss to turn up so that they can applaud him when they get out, when, when he gets out of the car? What like can real talk? Who does that? Who does that? I'm actually rubbing my eyebrow with how how like uh, screwed up this whole scene was, and and what made it even worse was that like Vince made them stop clapping 
long enough for him to get this goddamn golden egg out of the car for them to just clap that right listen real talk real quick i'm not watching this red notice if it's all to do with this goddamn fucking egg like literally if i wanted to know like and have dramas surrounding a golden fucking egg i would have put on the fourth fucking harry potter movie do you understand <laughs> moaning myrtle knows how to deal with a fucking golden egg so i don't give a shit who's stole his egg i don't even know what the fuck it had to do with the with the pay-per-view nothing apart from advertising not only the vault but this movie but it was just poorly done and i don't understand why i remember back in the attitude era where they used to actually have these sorts of promos they used to you know it was like you know i still remember the whole dude where's my car movie that came out and they had ashton kutcher and that turn up on the show and it was just a simple backstage segment of no, the movie's called Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, so dude, what happened to your car? No, that's what the movie's called. You know, like that sort of thing. That is a good promo. What what the fuck this was, I don't know. I think Vince watched Harry Potter and I think he was like, this would be a great idea. The Rock has got a golden egg too. I'll just be like Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> Bring it to work with me. This will get butts in seats, I think, oh, you know, yeah. like. Uh, and then Mal... <sighs> Michael Cole, welcome viewers to the show. Noted there was 15,100 fans in attendance. I take your word for it. And then the video package <laughs> set up the Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair match. Uh, and of course, like I said, champion versus champion. And the entrances here uh, were fantastic. I will say quickly, um, the credit to Lynch. I think it's Scarlet Witch inspired out. Uh, that should have ring. And when you think she had a a baby recently and I wouldn't be able to get so I will say she did look incredible you know you know she she really reminded me of um Britney Spears in that one music video where she like Britney's in all red spandex as well Mm. um and she really reminded me of that too I cannot remember the life of me what music video it was but I just remember if you actually just look up like Britney Spears red spandex or is it no we're going to be here no, guessing British beer songs. It, <laughs> I remember the toxic video, time. but that's different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember the toxic video. For, yeah. Um, I remember it for, for those reasons too. <laughs> um, but it was one of the, her older songs. It wasn't like, you know, her first song where she's a school kid, but it was one of the other ones. Oh, I think it was called Drive Me Crazy. It might have been that one. Or no, oops, I did it again. That one. I think it's that music <laughs> video. And she's, she's dressed all in red spandex stuff um now becky had her legs out which is quite nice it was a bit of a change in and stuff uh but she, that was the that was the look that was the vibe i got straight away well we see big time bex and the queen waste little time alone each other blasting each other with hard hitting strikes so what a fun to start it was as well uh, we see charlotte controlling lynch uh, and then Lynch managed to send Flair off the top rope into the guardrail when it appeared Charlotte tweaked her knee backside a series of strikes before Flair dropped her opponent with a clothesline. These look pretty on point as well, probably laid in. Uh, the Queen powerbomb on the way out of a disarmor, sent Lynch into the middle of the turn back a moment later and proceeded to talk trash. Talk shit, Becky, talk your shit. The raw title fought back and delivered a middle rope, leg drop, the back of an opponent's head. As this is awesome, spilled from the stands. Flair rocked the man with big boot for another near fall. Lynch answered with inverted DDT and delivered a man handle slam. Flair draped her foot on the bottom rope. 
and the action intensified with Flair utilising a trademark top rope moonsault and then back inside shoot the ropes for added leverage on a roll-up. Referee caught it, Lynch reversed, used the ropes herself and won the match undetected. What are your thoughts? I mean, I actually, I surprisingly really liked this match. Um, and you're going to you're gonna be even more shocked. But I felt like I was more Team Charlotte than I was Team Becky. No. This match. And I can't even tell why, because I don't particularly like Charlotte. Oh <laughs> but for some God. reason, I, I know, I know. I really don't understand what was going on with me. But I was in this match and I could hear everyone going, let's go, Becky. And I was like, for some reason, t- I turned around to my sister and I was like, why are they cheering Becky? Why are they cheering? Isn't she supposed to be a heel? Why are they cheering her right now? And my sister was just like, I, I would I would have thought you wouldn't have an issue with this because they're not cheering for Charlotte. And I was like, yeah, I'm really shocked by getting more urged at them cheering for Becky. Don't know what's going on with me there. No, that's you might might have to go to the doctors. It doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't... <laughs> I need to get seen to. Doctor, there's a problem. What's your problem? I'm starting to like Charlotte. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's, you need to take Charlotte these pills twice a week. <laughs> um, yeah. in all it's it's called Flair Syndrome. Yeah, you take it or you start wooing. You know, you've got to be careful. First it's wooing and then it's do, doing the little strap. And uh, then it's putting people in figure fours. Anyway, this... Should have been the main event. There were shades of Brett and Sean here where, you know, commentary was a bit of real life and turned it into a work. But you can tell uh, what it looks like they don't like each other. Uh, I'm going to say something now and it will surprise you. But for me, this may be the best ever Survivor Series opening match in the history of the... I have to agree with you there. In terms of the opener, um, I think this was the best one. Uh... I think that both women gave it their all, and I think that uh, they both looked great in the ring. It was kind of like, you know, 50-50 in terms of who was going to actually come out as the winner, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a very strong opening match. The simple thing that works with this, and this is what they're trying to do since kind of Rock and Austin, whatever it is, it's two women who, unfortunately, you can't just have one champion. Obviously, you've got two champions, but they both want to be number one. And when they're ringing with each other, they feel they have to push each other and push the other to be as good and better than that. And that is what creates magic. And I think that is what we've seen. And how many times have we seen Lynch versus Charlotte? And again, they delivered. uh, And and anybody that questioned Becky Lynch since her return, I think her pay-per-view matches and the matches on Raw, she's proved she's probably better than she ever has been. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, Definitely, this has been such a great, great thing for her. I've been out. Uh, great stuff. So slightly in the middle. So we're going to score that out of five, Len. Do you know what? I'm going to give it a four because I think that the the messing was really good. The the messing was sloppy. Uh, the ending was messy and sloppy. Um, but I really enjoyed the match up until then. It was kind of like again, like Shinsuke Nakamura's match, like really good until the ending where where just silliness came out of it. So I'll give it a four. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a half uh, just because I thought it was really, really good stuff. But like I said, the ending is just... The roll-up has now become more and more of a joke. And the referee checking Charlotte, not checking Lynch, right after is insubordination. I'm sorry, but there's no other word for it. Uh, like I said, we get more highlights of The Rock. A Drew McIntyre video package aired. Why? I'm Drew's biggest fan. I thought, what was the point? 
They just need yeah. to take to fill time. It was just there. It was just there. <laughs> I went, all right, man, I'm fine. Uh, NXT I'm War Games. Watch it and go a bit random. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, put Drew on. We've not released him yet. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> up next, Team Raw. Team Raw, which is Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Austin Theory versus Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, King Woods, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus in a Fire Series Elimination match. Uh, before we get into the match, there was talk about backstage running out of time during the event, which was, again, three and a half hours. You wonder maybe why, when the men's entrances for this match was 13 fucking minutes. <laughs> How can it be that long? Um... Wasn't it to do with the entrances? Like their entrances were just thirteen minutes. Thirteen minutes for the entrance, not for the match. Yeah, just for the entrances. You add the match well, so it's forty-five minutes. But how do they allow the the entrances to go on for that long? You can. I mean, do you know in in previous ones didn't they just kind of come out to a team Raw or team SmackDown? Well, they ended up doing it in the women's match right at the end, which I think they realised that was the kind of way to go rather than giving everybody a full entrance and keep playing the music. But if they wanted to give everyone their entrances, then maybe they'd do a Drew McIntyre fucking package. <laughs> but even then, you need to cut out... all. The... There's like 70 minutes of entrances and promos in this paper, which, again, yeah. so WWE. But then again, it's easier to watch because I do skip the adverts and stuff like that the majority of the time, especially when I go, I've seen... Not only I've seen yeah. it on Raw and SmackDown, but I've seen it on Kickoff. But I don't need to see it for the kind of fourth time. But anyway, men's elimination match. And Owens, disenfranchised after everyone thought he was a low life, walked out of his teammates and was counted out. Um, after the kickoff and saying he, you know, he was going to prove himself to everybody, kind of made sense, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it makes sense for, for Kevin to do this, but right at the very beginning, after we just watched all of you like come out and take ages coming out, and then straight away he just ups and leaves, I would have like if they were gonna do that, I would have left it left him to tag in halfway through the match and then him be like, Do you know what? Fuck all y'all. I don't like any of you on my team, so why am I gonna stay? You know, just do it that way. Um I think that I think it just pissed me off right from the very beginning of the match, and I didn't really want that to happen because um, I was so hyped for it. But I mean, how else are you going to be when straight up on a, when it's a five-on-five elimination match and you're straight up seeing someone just walk out because they can't be bothered? You know, I think it would have just come across better if they'd have just had him stood there in the corner waiting to be tagged, and then when he did eventually ta- get tagged in because he, you know, he was forced tagged in rather than reaching at his hand out to be tagged in. You could actually just like stand there in the ring and be like, why am I actually doing this? And then just leave. Another thing that confused me as well, I completely agree with you there. Another thing that confused me was who was on Raw and who was on SmackDown. Especially, I know people go a month after the show, and it's like, I'm pretty sure he's on Raw, but I'm not 100%. Like, I'm glad they, a little bit of red, a little bit of blue kind of makes me think, oh, there we go. You know, um, we see Balor delivering the coup de grace on Corbin. To eliminate him, so it's for all. Team Raw worked on Hardy, but got the tag to uh, Xavier Woods, who of course would come in like a house on fire. Uh, Rollins provided distraction and Lashley downward and sent him packing with a hurt lock. Yeah, so after all that talk about the King, they treat him like this. 
What? Why do they hate her? I have no idea. And not only that, but that hurt lot looked so devastating. It, he wouldn't even let go. It took both Jeff Hardy and Sheamus to come in and actually pry Xavier out of his arm. Like, this man is just... This man is ha- is being booked exactly how Shayna Baszler should be being booked for the women's championship... Uh, for the women's uh, sort of run and things. Like, honestly, he, he comes across so much of a beast. Uh, it's impressive to see... But at the same time, with what you're about to go through as well, it then is also disappointing at the same time because you see him do something devastating like that and you're thinking, well, Bobby Lash has got this one. But I'll let you carry on. Well, as I say, I was devastated about Woods because I thought, oh, that's where they've had him now, just throw away yeah. in a tag match, even though he's the king. Yeah or, yeah, or do something, you know, like anything. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah, and, but and... at least I did get, get an elimination out. You know? And then, and then I thought, oh, they can right the wrong of WrestleMania and have McIntyre beat Lashley in a kind of big type match, even though the you know Survivor Series mm. men's match doesn't really matter. And instead, it was the old double count out by the ref, which just uh, fucking infuriated me as well. Oh, me too. Me too. It was just um, it reminded me of the fact that like you know um. It, it really just reminded me, okay, so we've had a distraction and disqualification in the pre-show match, and then we kind of had like a, a silly pin held by the rope type one with Becky's, and now we're getting Kevin Owens walking out and a double count out. Can we just have like a normal fucking match? You would think, you would you would think, but unfortunately yeah. not. Uh, we see McIntyre rocking. We've seen much in, in a pay per view. <laughs> we uh, haven't. Before. We have let go. It's the yeah. last pay per view of the year. Fuck it. Let's go. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, bang. All of our fucks. Well, all of our fucks are given on this pay per view. Okay. I, I tell you, saying I've got what the shit coming up next because we see uh, <laughs> Balor eliminated by Sheamus. What what the fuck did Balor do? Did he take someone's lunch? Like I don't know, but I feel like he's done he's done something to piss everyone off because he just didn't really even get a, t- a chance to properly shine in in that match. It just it just makes me laugh. After a while, you have to laugh. It you can't. You give yourself a brain tumor worrying. Uh, we see Sheamus <laughs> and Hardy uh, demonstrating a team uh, an ability to work together actually. But Seamus fell prey to a roll-up from Theory. Yes, the dreaded roll-up that Seamus eliminated <laughs> Raw 2-1. Frustrated Seamus blood partner. And, of course, showing that he is a heel. Uh, Rollins looks to take advantage, but Hardy still in the match. And then delivered a swanton bomb to Theory to eliminate him. Uh, and just when you think maybe they're going to give Hardy the big victory, knees up for the swanton bomb and the stomp. And Rollins is your sole survival team. Raw wins. Um, I mean, before I get your thoughts, Austin Theory at the beginning of the match getting teamed up by Sheamus, the closest thing we have seen to Daniel Pewter in the Raw Rumble. That is the closest of a rookie taking his lumps from those two. Um, I didn't care for this much. Uh, for this match, what were your thoughts? Practically the same. I think right from the very beginning of having Kevin Owens like walk out, I think it set the tone for just how things were going to go. And then by the time it got to the double count out from 
between like Drew and Bobby Lashley that I just really was itching to see. The minute they both tagged in, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is when shit is going to get good. And instead, they were like, we're not going to give you that. We'll just count them out instead. You know, um, I think this match was extremely disappointing. Um, and I just think that like uh, the wrong people were pinned at the wrong time. There's no stakes to the match. There's no brand loyalty. Why did Rollins even need this win? He's already number one contender. If you could have had Austin Fury starting his own Randy Orton run at Survivor Series, you could have had Jeff Hardy picking up a you win at Drew. a pay per view. Had Drew McIntyre like slay everyone and come out on top and like prove that he should definitely still be considered for like a title run, especially now that he's on the same program as like the likes of Roman Reigns. Do you know how great like those two would have been a feud? And this could have been like the start of solidifying like Drew's like uh, uh, winning streak. You know, like, I uh, I don't know. I really kind of ha- had it in my mind that Drew was going to be the winner. Um, and I am really, uh, I must admit, I'm extremely disappointed uh, with how everything went in this match. Don't get me wrong, Seth Rollins is amazing. But like you said, he did not need this win. And and the thing is as well, is like, in this match, we get told a few things. So Drew will get put with a count out, even though it's bollocks. Mm. But... You know, yep. Balor and Woods know their place in the card. You're, you're not nothing, you know, no matter what the fans I say. Mean, I mean, uh, B- Baron Corbin was like the first hour. What does that go and show you? Uh, they just they just go, look, this is the people. We might try with Jeff, but, you know, after a while. You know I really wouldn't have even minded if Jeff got that. Like, I remember he was a part of, uh, like, I, I can't remember what year it was, but it was a Survivor Series where ended up being both Jeff and Triple H who were the last two on their team and they ended up winning it by like working together and stuff and Jeff like Triple H actually put Jeff over and Jeff got like the the final you know pin um for them for the whole thing and it it got put over so well then so to see him like you know years later and he at that moment in time was the lone survivor do you know how good a storytelling that would have been like you know he he's survived um, being a two-man team for the for the Survivor Series in the past, and now he's managed to surpass that and survive by, by himself. You know, they could have even told that type of story, and yet they didn't. I, I just they're sitting on so many good ideas that they just flushed down the toilet. It's so highly infuriating. And I tell you something: if next year, I know this is twenty-fifth anniversary of Rock this year, but next year, if they don't celebrate the twentieth anniversary of Rico shouting "God damn it, Jeff!" at Madison Square Garden, I will not be happy because that's my Survivor Series moments that I'll always remember. You know, kind of, you know, young kid and hearing go, "Why is he saying that for during the match?" Kind of working out that's not going to wait thing that happens. And look at the career Jeff has had since then as well. And it's nice seeing Jeff yeah. being used again. Uh, and the team up with Shane was probably the only highlight. We're going to score out of five. Unfortunately, I am judging this match on all of the shenanigans that that came to play in this. So I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it three and three quarters because I'm well. I, I don't know why anymore. I just I don't more generous. Than I am. I was. It's, so, it's just. I you know it's the action in the ring wasn't bad. I just wasn't anything emotionally invested into it. It could have been... It's just time after a while because you kind of know which yeah. way it's going to go. Uh, then we see a security guard stood in front of Vincent Mann's dressing room. Rain showed up and stared the security guard down. 
And he moved aside. Reigns knocked on the door and entered, then shook hands with Vince, who had his golden egg in a case on his desk. Vince spoke of rock starting 25 years ago. Yeah, we know Vince. And he said the egg was not a prop, I'm sure. He said it's worth 100 million. And Reigns said almost as much as my next contract. That's probably the only saving grace from this whole segment. Yeah, I mean, I, I I chuckled at that because I just thought to myself, you just said that in front of the big boss as well. Like the big boss is probably yeah. thinking, who the fuck's paying you that? You know? <laughs> but again, all of this surrounding this stupid egg, I'm sorry, but every time I, I looked at it, all I got was moaning myrtle in my head. So in my eyes, I'm just like, I, I've just taken all I've taken away from this whole stuff to do with the egg is that Vince McMahon is a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, but the thing is, look at the character development of Mona Myrtle. Look at the change that she went through during the story. And it's like, that is lacking in WWE now. So, please, yeah. you know... <laughs> Myrtle, give, give Myrtle, please give Vince some good character change advice, okay? We know you've got it in you. Do it and take one for the team. Vince just, you know, you know he's going into the shower next time. Go meet, anyway. go meet Vince in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We get a 25-man royal. A battle royal celebrating the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut, who, of course, debuted in a traditional Survivor Series match. Not even a fucking battle royal. And what battle royal experience did The Rock have? Huh? Winning a rumble that was got eliminated by the hurricane in 2003. Why not have a traditional Survivor Series match with a young rookie and call it that? Oh, wait, you had the chance with Austin Fury and you didn't fucking do it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. The, the people in this match were Dawkins, Ford, Ziggler, Rude, Angle, Humberto, T-Bar, Truth, Gulak, Aziz, Cruz, Alexander, Benjamin, Otis, Gable, Mahal, Shanky, Eric, Ivan, Masur, Cesaro, Styles, Armis, Ficshay, and Zane. Not that it fucking mattered, but at least Sammy and Ricochet got an entry because it also doubled down as a Pizza Hut commercial. Mm. When did pay-per-view become adverts and when did whole matches oh, and segments get dedicated not only the red notice but now i'm watching pizza yeah like as soon as um like i was curious i was like i i genuinely must have misheard when they were taught when the commentators were talking about pizza as like montez ford and angelo dawkins were coming out so it was only when they had it in their hand, and I was like, "What is that in their hand?" And then they ran over to like the main one that was just pulling out the drawers, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious? This whole fucking battle royale is just based over a fucking pizza. Like, are you actually kidding me?" This is where I go back to the, like the discussion that I just said earlier, where it's like, you know, back then when there was like an advert, they roped it in to like you know a backstage segment at work. They could have easily just had our truth picking up the triple decked pizza that almost wanted backstage and then almost chasing him around for it. They could have just done that. There was no need to have a full on fucking battle royale over a pizza. And the thing is, is almost has got to be careful because we don't start the old big show diet. And if he's in too many pizza hut matches, then we might have another problem on our hands. But I mean, talk about ad revenue. Are they just slapping us in the face? You know, a hundred million profit in a year, releasing eighty wrestlers, and then raking the money in. Not only for Red Notice deal that you got, but the hat splat bang in the middle of a fucking pay per view, a big four event. (laughs) 
yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you would just release like all these wrestlers. <laughs> and for what reason, when you're making so much money from having this fucking battle royale advertised Pizza Hut? This is Pretty a combination. Sure Pizza Hut's their wages. This is a combination. <laughs> I said the wages made there. This is a combination of shit and bollocks. I was trying to work yeah. out, like, it. Is this shit or is it just bollocks? Like, I still can't. It should never have been on the pay-per-view. Not even on a kickoff. Just never existed. I mean, almost with no. 12 eliminations, you could have done this on Raw. Um, the best I bit... Say, you know what? They could have done that on Raw the next yeah. day. Yeah. Like, if they, especially if they wanted to sort of like dedicate it to like, The Rock or whatever. They could have still done that on Raw. And guess what? Raw would have been actually entertaining having something like that on there. But it did nothing for anyone on this pay-per-view it just no. literally was just there it was terrible uh best bit and i am being very liberal with my words was aj being stretched by omos and aziz which <laughs> again did make me chuckle but so the omos for 12 eliminations we're gonna score that out of five um i'm gonna give it a two i'm really sorry i just didn't really again apart from that one little funny moment with styles being kind of used as like a tug of war rope uh like I, I didn't really care much for the wrestling in it. I didn't really cut. I, like, I used it as a toilet break, sort of thing. So, yeah, too. Well, now I'm gonna give it a three. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. And then the Royal Tag Team Championship, uh, champions. Sorry, Randy Orton and Riddle versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions Jimmy and Jey Uso. We get a very spirited start, and the twins cut the ring off, isolating Riddle in their corners in hopes of Dianarco bro a loss. On the same night, Orton was celebrating this historic 177th pay-per-view match. The original bro weathered the storm and tagged the Viper in the bout. Orton exploded into this match, but the concentrated efforts of the hill sent him to the arena floor. The Usos refocused their attention and riddle the part. However, he managed to send Jay into the ring post, only for Jimmy to rock him with a super kick. As Jimmy climbed the ropes and came off with a splash, he soared right into the RKO. A blind tag and covered his score... Uh, the win team. What were your thoughts on this? I mean, this for me was an amazing match. Um, this just kind of like reminded me why I love tag team wrestling. You know, um, I felt like the Usos just are incredible to watch day in, day out. Um, you know, that their, their chemistry because of their bond and, and their sibling relationship just works so well. And you can just see the trust there between both of them. I even got to admit that I was really enjoying watching like the teamwork come out of Riddle and Brandy. I honestly thought that they were like, you know, arguing or, or being built up to eventually splitting up. Um, but watching the way that they worked uh, the other night, um, it just kind of really showed me, okay, damn, this is why they're a tag team. You know, this is why they're the champions. It, it definitely, this was probably like the first match where it literally felt like it was, Champions versus champions, brand versus brand. And it was overall a good competition. This is the match that needs to go on first to set the pace for the night if they're going to do Raw yeah. versus SmackDown or something like this. And again, yeah. they didn't have thrown after the Battle Royal. And I've bashed Orton before, but credit to him. He looks more motivated mm. than he has in a very long time. Like you said, the teaming up with Riddle. Yes, we know what's going to happen eventually, but it's one mm. of the only good things on Raw yeah, I'm actually laughing between okay. the interactions as well. And I'll tell you what, that RKO out of nowhere, fuck me, was fair incredible. play by Jimmy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even see it coming, you know? Um, I, I kind of was like, 
I joked um, at the beginning and was like, oh, I wonder how creative Randy's going to get trying to do an RKO. But I didn't think he'd actually manage to do it. Or I was thinking that they might get creative and like have him accidentally RKO Matt Riddle or something like that. But yeah, the, the delivery was incredible. Randy's timing for all of his random RKOs that come out um, of nowhere are just brilliant. And this is no exception. Without a doubt. Are we going to score that out of five? I'm going to give that like a four and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give that a four. Really, really good stuff. It's a shame. What Do you know my overall thoughts? And I know we're going to get into that after the main event. But I was thinking next year at Survive Series, mm. what they might have to do is just unification, unification matches because the Intercontinental US aren't doing mm. enough on its own. Uh, have just one champion to go after. You know, put, put the roster... I mean, the way they're releasing talent, the, the draft is is not a non it's non-thing you know and just have that and think how concentrated and work on the tag team division because yeah you've got the Usos and RK Pro but when you look after it it, the strength in depth is 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 not really there and it kind of not worries me it's even like you know we we talk about Raw Rumble if I ask you now because I know we're both WWE fans in your head what would be kind of dream Wrestlemania match for me I haven't really got any you know, there's not anything that kind of stands out. And I think, oh, I can't wait for them to do this. And I think this WWE's fault because I used to be full of excitement. For, you know? <laughs> like... Yeah, I definitely think that that would be um, something that I'd, you'd, ha- you'd have to give me a while to think about it, you know? But it's exactly, but that's the problem. It's not like, oh, we want to see him and him. There's nothing there. It's like with AEW, you go, oh, I can't wait for Adam Cole and you know, Adam Page and, and Kenny Omega to be involved there. And, and it's just, it's like, there's nothing really that I've, you know, bring CM Punk back. Oh, shit, we can't, can we? <laughs> no, it's not. It's like Roman Reigns yeah. versus Drew McIntyre, I suppose, my kind of match that even then it's, I, I don't know, at the moment, I think WWE finds himself in a really interesting place. And it doesn't help when we have more segments about golden eggs because the golden egg was stolen. Uh, in case you didn't know, the Golden Egg is from the Rock's Red Notice movie, which I think they they might have mentioned once or twice. It's early comic book vignette uh, from SmackDown was shown. And then I even forgot about... I've actually forgotten about the Team Raw women's matchup. That just shows how much I'm paying attention. Belair, Ripley, Morgan, Carmel, and uh, Queen Zelina versus Team SmackDown, Bank, Shotzi, Baszler, Natalia, Tully Storm. Um, we get straight into it. We see a distraction surrounding Carmella's mask, allows Storm to roll up for the first elimination of the match. We see a bit of dissension between Shotzi and Banks threatening. Uh, but then we see the WrestleMania opponents captivating the fans with an exchange that saw the EST WWE trapped in a bank statement. Belair fought out and delivered a fall away slam. The competitors picked up where they left off on wrestling's ground stage for the EST launched teammate Queen Zelina at Banks. After Basel and Shotzi refused to tag in, Storm tagged her partner to do away with Zelina to SmackDown 5-3 up. Uh, Morgan entered the ring for Raw and scored an impressive fall by pinning Storm following Oblivion. Baszler replied to Kirifuli to down Morgan. Shotzi followed with a splash. Banks eliminated following a headbutt, so it's 4-2. Uh, numbers dislikes for Raw became even worse as Baszler dropped Ripley, leaving Belair on her own against four original five SmackDown competitors. The dissension with the Brew Balance team finally proved costly. Shotzi, Baszler, Natalia prevented Banks from re-entering the ring. 
for the referee's 10 count leading to her elimination. Natalia applied a sharpshooter, but Blair fought out of it. We then got the roll up. Uh, and then she eliminated Baszler with the KOD. Finally uh, hitting the KOD on shots to win as well. Um, this match for me was ruined a certain way. First off, what were your thoughts? Yeah, um, there was a few things that ruined it for me too. Um, I actually thought that was there was some good back and forth between different uh, female wrestlers, but I also think that there was not enough time for certain female wrestlers to really kind of get a um, shine, mm. you know? Um, so, so I'm just going to like actually say it. Uh, the CM Punk chant pissed me off. And it pissed me off mainly because we're in a female match. We're in a women's match. Why the fuck are you shouting for CM Punk? If you're going to do that, wait for it to be in a men's match. And even so, what the fuck are you doing at a WWE event if you're all, all just going to shout for CM Punk? He's on AEW. He's on the other brand. Just go there. Like, again, like these, these haggles, I get it if, if uh, you know, fans, that there's some fans out there that when they, you know, pay to have certain content and that content is let, continuously letting them down, they have every right to show their annoyance. And if it means shouting CM Punk uh, because they know Vince is backstage, fine, fair enough. But did you have to do it during the women's match? It was a bit uncalled for. I just felt like that was quite cruel. So I wasn't impressed with that. Um I also just wasn't impressed with, yet again, other silly shenanigans, including Sasha Banks' own team pulling her out and then her getting counted out because they want to save Sasha Banks from being pinned again as well. Um, and, uh, you know, again, for me, I think that if they were going to do this type of match, don't get me wrong, the outcome, Bianca should have definitely won it. I'm very pleased that she won it. At the same time, you could have had Bianca on her team slaying everyone on the opposite team and you could have had Shayna on the other team slaying everyone else from the opposite team and then those two come to blows do you know how beautiful that would be like say come next year whether it be SummerSlam, Wrestlemania or the next Survivor Series whenever these two get a chance to meet up again to then have a round two like you could have done so much more storytelling with this match and all they did was just make it a novelty it literally came off more as a novelty match than the men's match did, and the men's match wasn't even any better, you know? Uh, it's just... Right. And I, it, like I said, with the <laughs> with the match, it's just... I'm just so disappointed. Like, talk about the CM Punk chances. Uh, firstly, about the match. Seeing Ripley and Storm on opposing sides at Survivor Series was nice. Seeing as they both started NXT UK and Storm actually beat Ripley for the championship, so... At least the NXT UK, they, they are getting development there. And, of course, with Dewdrop as well, the women's division uh, is uh, around. I would watch Banks Belair all day as well. as a nation that they just get each other. Um, mm. How the fuck did SmackDown lose this? Like, but, but, you know, like you think about the four-on-one. Like, how did they do this? Like, you, the manager needs to have a look. And how far... Yeah. How far do you have to be in the ring to stop a count out? Because Banks was like halfway across the ring when she got pulled out. And you're thinking, yeah. usually that stops the count by now, but I guess we're a exactly, different game. But she was kind of partly in, so <laughs> yeah, like, like her, her whole top, whole top body, her whole <laughs> was underneath. 
So I don't know why she was counted out, but I also just don't understand yeah. the reasoning why they all just kept pulling her out. They all clearly yeah, know that like she was being counted out. The yeah. ref is right there, so don't act like you can't hear. Because if we, in, not even in the audience, but in the TV, can hear the ref fucking counting, then you guys can hear the ref counting. <laughs> so it's clear that an evident that no one on no woman on the SmackDown team wanted to win, apart from Sasha Banks. That's how it kind of came across. Honestly, it, it no, was... Again, that being said, I'm not disappointed with the outcome, um, but I am disappointed with the booking of some of the women. And I also just don't appreciate the disrespect that both Zelina Vega and Carmella got having the CM Punk chat. Uh, no, it was Zelina Vega and Liv Morgan, I think, were in the ring. Well... When, when that was... This, this it, saying... just, it just was on before. If it CM... was like, you know, other, like maybe another female wrestler chanting... I don't think I would have been as offended, but just doing CM Punk chants during a female women's match, like, oh. It's a section of people that think they're cool. And the thing is, what makes <laughs> London and the O2 such a great crowd, and usually British wrestling as well, is that we <laughs> add to the action in the ring. So we're chanting for the wrestlers that are there, or cheering the move, or sing along to the entry to kind of build the reaction. We're trying to get ourselves mm. over. And the biggest cunt thing to do is a Mexican fucking wave during a match as well. Where if I was a performer in a ring, I would just fucking say, you are all not interested and we're putting our bodies on the line. And like I said, a women's match, Mm. you could say, you know, oh, it's the booking and certain things like this. But the treatment from apparently WWE's home of New York to treat him like this shows that the revolution hasn't really changed, you know, hasn't really evolved that much. Yeah, and I don't even think it's any of the women's fault. It literally is. The placement on the match card, they should have been much earlier. Definitely way before this stupid battle royale that had happened. Um, I also think that um, it it doesn't really help when there there are quite a lot of WWE fans rebelling against all of these ridiculous finishers. Like, at best, we get 50-50 booking on a consistent basis with WWE and you know it's gotten to a point now where their fans actually just find it ridiculous and a a joke so that even though I can understand certain reasoning behind being fed up as a WWE fan at the same time that is no reason to disrespect the wrestlers that are in the ring actually giving it their all to just to entertain you yeah it's bollocks it it really made me annoyed but it it made me you know and think I'm glad I got a podcast. I'm glad we've got a voice. You know, I'm glad that we do it to actually say, you know, to people, don't Definitely. be such a cunt. You know, like it's it's a, people yeah. say, oh, I can chew exactly. what I fucking want. Uh, well, well, don't go to wrestling if you want to do that. Go to darts. Exactly. You know, go, exactly. go somewhere and do it. If you if you want CM Punk, he's on a show now. <laughs> go to AEW. He's not at WWE. Like, don't go to a WWE event and then just like. Even if you are doing it to get back at Vince and you just want to do it to piss Vince off, guess what you're doing? You're pissing off all the wrestlers that are like actually, you know, that not at fault and just trying to do their job so that they don't lose it because they have a freaking tyrant for a boss right now. And that there's more added pressure when you're shouting CM Punk during their match. is It's just an asshole thing to do. Just don't do it. Don't go to the event if, you're, if you want to go and see CM Punk. Wait until AEW turns up and then go to see that. Not and, hard. 
And the thing is, the, the, the best thing, if you're in a crowd, you want to make real change. And I mean real, real change. And you want a, a wrestler who thinks getting pushed more or whatever it is, more than other ones. Silence is a killer. No reaction, yeah. you know. And yeah. WWE will go, shit, something's not right, because they're not reacting whatsoever. Exactly. Do you know what? That would have been even better if they'd have just done that, because then at least you know, right, okay, they're making a stand for something. Instead, all you all you did there was actually tell me that you guys are all still pissed off with Vince, and <laughs> that's where you shut and see him come. Yeah. So, well, we're going to score yeah. this match out of five. <laughs> well, do you know what? I'm going to give it a three and a half. Um, no, do you know what? I'll give it a three and three quarters because I'm I, I'm happy that Bianca won. I feel like she should have been the only one on her team to um, have survived. I would have just like booked it a bit differently. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three and three quarters out of five as well. It's not the talent's fault that the crowd are arseholes, you know, I suppose. So uh, we see Heyman being told Brock Lesnar's suspension is no longer indefinite. Uh, Brandon Bobby Lashley video package, of course. Uh, And then the main event, Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus the WWE Champion Big E in a match. And it's weird to think that four years ago... That survives is a new day faced the shield, and now of course these two facing off for the world championship, and that is how wrestling should work. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> theoretically. Should. Yeah, <laughs> but we're going to get to the match because Biggie started fast, but Rain slowed the pace and worked his opponent over. Still to talk to the Brooklyn fans along the way. Uh, the W champ though fought back down on a tribal chief and delivered a big splash for calling for the big ending. Reigns evaded it, but found himself caught in a stretch muffler as Biggie looked to silence the head of the table. Reigns missed a Superman punch, and Biggie dodged. Uh, he could not dodge the Uranga as Reigns scored a two count. He finally did have the Superman punch and another to leave the W champion laying. He panned into the crowd and set up the spear, but Biggie confronted him and did him the same moves driving the table to the floor. Reigns answered with spear resigned for a dramatic near fall. Uh, you don't deserve to be in the same ring of me. He applied the guillotine, but Biggie powered him up and delivered a big ending. The tribal chief needed to grab the ropes to break the pin. On the floor, Reigns launched himself off the ring steps with a Superman punch. He had another spear moments after kicking a previously injured knee of his opponent and got the pin for victory. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Okay, well, this was my probably my favourite match of the night. Um, I thought it was really, really good. The counters that Big E kept on coming back with every time Roman had like a, a new sort of move for him was just brilliant. Um, there was a moment, I think, when Roman like delivered like three Superman punches in a row and every time Big E would like hit the mat from one of those punches, he was like slapping himself mm-hmm. awake and hitting the floor just to make sure that he, he, he was not going to get instantly pinned from that. And I absolutely loved it. Like it really got my my uh, uh, blood pumping, um, and it really really reminded me of uh, this anime movie called Demon Slayer. Um, that it's a great movie. Definitely recommend watching it if you haven't. Um, but it there's a moment and where the the main character is facing the big baddie, and the big baddie has like this power to kind of put you into a dream, your your dreams and making you think that is reality and so the way that the main character is actually like waking himself up is in his dream uh world 
he's killing himself to wake him up, to jolt him awake. Now, even though that's not the same, it still reminded me of the determination uh, in Big E, the determination to not go down from this Superman punch and to do it three times. It was just so impressive. And Big E overall is just um, such a great, lovable, fun personality. To see him get really serious is when you is when you could even tell the whole audience wanted were getting serious, you know. Um, and it was just so incredible to watch. I really think he should he should have won that match. That being said, um, I think that Roman winning also is like another good way to go. I think it was like a double edged sword. You could go with either or, um, but I couldn't even be disappointed with Biggie not winning because I felt like the match itself was just brilliant. I think the the point you're referring to as well, I think the camera work wasn't that good. They should have made more of a note, especially when Biggie stood. They should have, yeah. Yeah, when he stood bang in front of Roman, we saw the back of him, you should have seen the face and like you said, the determination to yeah. be like, you know, you run through me, but I'm going to make you work hard for it. And Reigns has this ability yeah. to kind of put his opponents over even in defeat of going, oh, that was a tough battle. It's not his fault after they face Roman Reigns, you know? And he gives yeah. each match a big fight feel. We've spoken about it now for over a year, of course. But I felt the crowd <laughs> didn't care until towards the end when they started, you know, the, the big ending in the spear. That's when they come to come, <laughs> came to life. And I think it took Sank away because this match was very good. But... <laughs> Maybe yeah. people thought Reigns would win or whatever it is, but it's kind of lacking I did, that. Um, I did actually enjoy, um, like, Reigns started working up the crowd a little bit. Uh, he, was shut, he was saying, shut your mouth, Brooklyn. Shut your mouth or, or I'll come in the in the crowd and smack your faces. He was saying all that. And I genuinely was laughing because I was like, I can imagine Brooklyn are getting really round up right now, having Roman telling him, them to shut up. Um <laughs> So that was quite it. That was quite an entertaining bit, but it, it was after I, fe- I felt like the, the dynamic and the shifts changed um, with having more interaction from the audience after uh, Roman had just sort of like enticed them a little bit. Yeah, no, so that's felt, an excellent point. It actually, took them a yeah. bit of enticement um, to, to kind of get start getting reactions out of them because after that, you know, all of the counters that were happening and stuff, uh, you know, you, they got this is awesome chance at one point, but. Yeah, it did really take Roman kind of heckling them a little bit and calling them out <laughs> to actually start getting a bit of a reaction from them. This is the thing, I can't remember because I watched so much wrestling. I don't know if it's an AEW, but it might have been on Dynamite. And it's like, stop the This Is Awesome chance. Because they are becoming overused now. But I think yeah. maybe... In I think that this, was AEW, wasn't it? I think it was, you know, but... Um, yeah. Like I said, even in this awesome chance, it's just generic chanting. It's like, you know, you, you, you want to come up about having to talk, This is awesome, right? You know, just something else. Come up with, you know, oh goodness me, and clap along. You know what I'm saying? They can what be be original with it's your chance. Boring after a while, yeah. yeah. It, it, um, boring. I mean, like even when you look back at the at the Attitude Era, I don't think that there was like. That many awesome chants ever. I think. I think literally the the best type of chance we got were what? What? The thing is, the crowd was emotionally invested in every single moment and every cat, especially in the Attitude Era, and all the great ones with the fans were behind him. You know. Uh, Speaking of great, we'll get on there in a minute. What were you going to score that out of five? 
Um, I'm going to give that um, a four and a half, a 4.5 or, um, yeah, four and a half. Because the, the thing is about it is that we've not done polls or predictions. Because I thought <laughs> if WWE don't care for Survivor Series, then when sh- why should we? Why should we bother with a live show or any of the, you know, the stuff like that when it doesn't matter? And, and the sad thing is, after the show finished, it didn't matter. Because it, no. <laughs> it didn't. We, we could easily say that Survivor Series didn't take place and no one would miss any story storylines or anything like that. Like there was nothing to take away from this apart from the fact that someone stole Vince McMahon's golden egg. Well, this is the thing, and, and, and for... I, I hands down putting it down to Moaning Myrtle. I think Moaning Myrtle took it. <laughs> the uh, the the thing that worries me though is uh, for Big E is after this. I think he might be Omus's one of you know was first victim because with the Omus we saw in the Battle Royal, you know it's coming soon. And he's oh, Big well, he's Big E going to be used. I tell you, no, they're going to do it. They are going to do it. No, they are going to do it. James, no. I swear, if it you hot. jinx this now when they he are. becomes champion, I'm bl- I'm blaming you a hundred percent for this. Um, please don't. No, please. I'm sorry. Like, I, don't get me wrong. He's come across like a beast. He looks incredible. He still needs a lot more training in the ring. Do not have you the like. You know what no. they're like. No. <laughs> oh um, my god, I need to be spreading this. <laughs> and then let's not forget the end because once Roman Reigns was celebrating in the ring and talking about himself as tribal chief, suddenly, if you smell what the rock is cooking hit, the crowd went electric and on his twenty fifth anniversary, the rock came down to the ring and faced off with Roman Reigns in a moment that we will remember for a very long time. Was this in your was was this oh, in no, your wait, dream? No, no, that didn't happen, did it? No, you're right. No, it should have happened, but it didn't. That yeah. sort of happened. That definitely. And do you know what? They were teasing it so much, especially having Roman do some of the rock bottom. As soon as I saw that, I was like, he's got to be coming out. He's got to be coming out to be like, don't do my moves and stuff like that. And yet he didn't turn up. I was just like, okay, bye. <laughs> I was like, come on, you fucking assholes. Like, I don't think I'll I get mean, away I mean, with another cunt, but like you've had the rock I, blasted all over this fucking show, and you're not even going to give us an I appearance. Yeah, like could you not have even like Zoom called him or something? Because I swear he inducted Ken Shamrock into the Impact <laughs> World of like Hall of Fame, and that was by skyping. What? Don't you guys own Skype? I'm sorry, but you are you telling me? that you couldn't even get, like, a, a pre-recorded video clip of The Rock, even. Like, come on, guys. What was the point on even putting this this whole Survivor Series as themed as The Rock when Mans wasn't even going to turn up? I just... It, it's just... I, it's just... I, I don't know. Fucking ridiculous. That's what it is, you know? And yeah. you've got that there. Uh, so we talk about Match of the Night... Um, Yours was the main event. Are you happy with that? Yep. And mine was the opening match. Not the kickoff match. Lynch versus Charlotte. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been. I think my my choice would have probably been like the the tag team match between the Usos and RK Bro. But I felt like Big E just was uh, incredible. And I felt like Roman worked really well with him. So, yeah, that that kind of topped it for me. Well, leading to that, who's your MVP? I'm going to go with Big E. On this one, I know he didn't win, but he looked incredible. He came across incredible, and 
he put his all into that match and I was just thoroughly impressed with him. Uh, I'm going to say, well, Belair impressed me, even though the crowd didn't care of putting that performance yeah. in between SmackDown, of course. But I'm going to say Omos, because this is the first time that, for me, he was presentable. <laughs> like, I didn't, like, it, it wasn't smiling yeah. all the time. There was a little bit. Yeah. I think they were worried about the kind of giant's face off of disease and uh, Shank, and they were like, we don't want to go too long. Well, that's what I'm saying. We, like, we don't want to fuck it up. We don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But you could have still at least had them exchanging a few blows and then maybe some little man getting in between them and then they both getting distracted from one another and then just going into that. You have plenty of distractions there. So they could have at least just given us a little bit more of a tease on that. But no. All right. Last WPP of the year. What are you going to score it out of 10? Oh, I hate to be... Uh, uh, a downer but I'm going to give this a 7.5 um, and I think I'm being really generous <laughs> well you know me and you know how generous I can uh, oh gosh giving it I, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 I, I okay, can't <laughs> I can't do it I was thought about 8 and I thought it doesn't deserve an 8 when you consider no, no rock an hour of entrances mm-hmm. and ads galore, even adverts during fucking matches. Yeah, uh, and the count. Don't forget the countouts, the disqualification, everything, and was, just I will, all the silly ending malarkeys that were involved. I will never, ever, ever watch this Survivor Series again. The only thing from this I will watch is the uh, Charlotte versus Lynch match. Uh, I, mm. I, I will never watch this in its entirety. It was a, it's a waste of. Four and a half hours when you you count the kickoff, and you know me, I love W, but you just can't. It's not even defending it; it's just Mm. you know reviewing what's in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, when it's just bad content, we're not going to lie to everyone. You know, this is why we do these podcasts so that they can get our raw emotions on how we feel about what goes down and what takes place. So I'm not going to go ahead and lie and say that I enjoyed this pay-per-view when this is probably like one of the least enjoyable of the year for me. Well, it's an excellent point. And speaking of raw emotion, let's just have a look at raw quickly. Uh, as it opened with Vincent Mann talking to Sonia Deville and Adam Pearce, who might have stolen the egg. They have no clues. Uh, we see Matt Riddle dresses Orton, which was actually funny. And like I said, I never thought I'd say this, but the RK bro are consistently entertaining. And Becky Lynch, fair play, Becky Lynch. I'm a fan of yours. Calling out the crowd in Brooklyn for the treatment of the Survivor Series a women's matchup as well. Well, well yeah. done, Becky. I'm glad that something was said because something needed to be said. And if anyone was going to do it, it should have been Becky. Without a doubt. And then it was revealed that Austin Fury had stolen the egg. So McMahon... What? Yes, Austin Fury stole breaking news. McMahon... What? Did he steal an egg? Well, listen to this punishment. Listen to this punishment. McMahon decided to give Austin Fury a WWE title. What? <laughs> True. For stealing the egg? For stealing the egg. Fuck off. I thought I was wearing, but that is got to be by far the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I would have, like, I genuinely thought it was our truth that stole the egg. Like, to maybe sell it on eBay or something. Like, I thought they were just going to literally say it was, like, our truth and that they were going to find the egg. 
like as a selling on eBay. <laughs> do you know? Like, do you know what? That would have been more entertainment than fucking Austin Theory. Like, what? Did they explain why he took the fucking egg? <laughs> no, no, no idea. Vince Rawdon. Uh, for do you know what we have we have covered like maybe twelve W pages. This is probably my favourite review that we've done, and it's been a <laughs> <worst> show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this has definitely got to be like the only podcast where I have referenced Harry Potter so much. <laughs> Yeah, if 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 you were listening at the start, it's like how many times Jackson's gonna say fucking Harry Potter? <laughs> oh I know. Oh gosh. My swearing has been so bad for this, but that is how you know how bad it a pay per view this was. Uh well, <laughs> like I said, it's been fun. But finally yeah. uh we talk about the uh in a serious note. Uh, during Raw last night, Seth Rollins uh, was jumped by a fan. Now, it looks like Rollins didn't suffer any uh, injury, but this truly shocking. And, Jaxie, I know you're still shocked by it now. Mm. I just, um, I can't, for the life of me, understand um, why why they why they think that this type of uh, behaviour is acceptable. We, we all, as wrestling fans, know that this is a work. We also know, as wrestling fans, at how much we can get wound up by certain decisions that are made by the higher-ups. That gives us no rights to take it out on the wrestlers and to also ruin events for not only the wrestlers, but, but for every other fan. Seeing this, this man jump the rail and actually go for Seth Rollins, it was actually terrifying to watch because not only could this man have hurt himself, but he could have hurt a wrestler who... Pop, who has who did, did nothing to deserve it uh it was just really surreal to watch um and if it wasn't for the fact that you know Seth Rollins had actually tried to kind of keep him in a holder then I don't even know what kind of health health that this guy would have been in he's lucky that he wasn't you know one of a, a, a different wrestler that doesn't have as much restraint as Seth Rollins because Seth could have really done some damage to him. And the thing is as well, you don't know if the fan's got a weapon or whatever it is. We've seen exactly. this kind of things before. And no offence to the American fans, of course, because I love our American audience. But, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just a knife you have to be worried about. And I know he gets into arena and stuff like this, but, you know, what goes through someone's head of, yeah, I, I want to be a part, you know, there's been a part of the action, there's been part of the action, there's, there's no need. And for... I don't know why he, what his reasoning for attacking Seth was, no. but any reason that he had for attacking Seth, it was uncalled for. Especially it was when... not needed. No, and it, the crowd was quite into Seth at the time, and, and he, you can see that the, the fat guy, guy running round for the videos round like the entrance, so you know he came through uh, near the like staging area, but... Like you said, there's no excuse. The commentary team saw it and they quickly cut away when they realised it actually wasn't part of the show. Uh, And it's just... He full-on took him out. It was was scary to watch. Yeah, Um, it's it's one of the... If I was Becky, I would have been out there like a shot. If anyone goes from my man, they don't understand. My partner is a, a... Lot, a lot more reserved than I am. So I am definitely sort of the, the louder mouth one out of the two of us. I definitely would have been out there in a heartbeat just jumping on and taking him out. Um, so he is lucky he didn't have Becky out there because I'm sure that Becky would have kicked his ass. 
And the thing is as well, you know, like I said, talk about don't try this at home. Do, do not think you uh, talk yeah. about, I hope the fan uh, gets banned for life now. Basically every wrestling show you can go to. Uh, because, it, you know, especially with WWE, the biggest scale of wrestling company in the world, this kind of happening, it is truly shocking in 2021 and shouldn't be. And it's very disappointing because, you know, without us even uh, meaning to, that fan will represent all fans. You're just giving us all a bad name. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the content, if you don't like the wrestler, don't turn up to the, the show. End of. There is no excuse. There is no reason whatsoever for you to be jumping over and, and, and doing anything. These wrestlers actually give a lot of their time even to interact with their fans during signings. I see it all the time in America. So you guys can't actually say that you're not blessed with getting the opportunity to speak to those that you love. But how dare you try to actually ruin an interrupted show the way you did? Mm. Who are you to actually do that and take away from not only the fans, but the wrestlers who are constantly putting their health and their bodies on the line? It, it was just uncalled for. And I think that that was just disgusting behavior. No one expects it in any form of workplace. There's a certain level of professionalism every person should have throughout their life. And that right there was straight up idiocy, all wrapped up in one. And that, is, that my friends, is not what not to do. So please actually sh- look at that and learn from it. Yeah, and that's an excellent point. I'm not going to really add much to what you just said. I need to say, like you said, if you're in a work environment and someone runs and jumps, you arrest them on assault. So that's the kind of child, just because he's professional wrestling, you see him maybe taking bumps, doesn't mean he's not a fucking person. And what you've done exactly. is against the law as well. Uh, it's a shame we have to end on that. But then again, after the shit show at fucking Survivor Series, the, the fans in Brooklyn had to do Saint, didn't they? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love your ultimate one. You're my man. You know that. But, you know, sometimes in wrestling, it Get happens. Get your crew in order, yeah? Get your crew in order. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But, like I said, that is it for today. Can you believe it? Uh, don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Jackson, where can people find you? Yep, I'm across both Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Jaxie Scarlett. Brilliant. The Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all the Google platforms. Send us an email at dubbinarpodcast at gmail.com and YouTube, the Podcast, where we have all the clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube as they do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Next episode, I unchain Monty from the radiator downstairs and bring him up for NX UK. Our next one with Jax, who will be in a couple of weeks' time. It will be AEW Prelude just before Christmas. That will be. But until then, I have been James Rowlands and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thanks very much again for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, even, even though it's been a bit of a, a dramatic um, telling of the pay per view, I've had lots of fun. Without a doubt, like I said, you know, we've been doing this for a little while now and that has got to be the the most, I think, uh, fun and maybe controversial (laughs) podcast that we're going to do. But like we said, we do enjoy WWE and we will be bringing you more stuff in the new year as well. But thanks thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. 